Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. I've been doing a lot of thought around emotions lately. We are at Edge Got In, the voice of the emotional intelligence in Christ project. And 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 truly, we are given the opportunity every day to not allow our feelings and our emotions hijack the will of God in our lives. We are given the opportunity every day of choice. We can't always help how people show up, what they say, what they don't say, what they do, what they don't do. We can always, always, my friends, choose how we want to respond to whatever is going on around us. So that's a little reminder today. If you haven't explored the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project, please join us at EmotionalIntelligenceInChrist.com. If you're interested in pulling in the Emotional Intelligence in Christ material into your culture, please contact us at EICTeam at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Uh, we have had the opportunity to do that in, in different companies and who want to create the emotional intelligence in Christ culture. And uh, it's been a very powerful experience when you empower people with the power of the Holy Spirit by God's grace to be able to become the boss of your emotions. It's amazing how the entire dynamic shifts because where you find selfish ambition and envy, there you find disorder in every evil practice. Where you have jealousy, envy, it equals strife. And so this is definitely a timely topic and one that we're all accountable for. And whatever God calls us to, he's faithful and he'll also do it for us. Today's topic is one that is very close to my heart. And when I discerned this week's message, as I'm thinking about the fact that this is October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I was moved to want to do something a little bit different. Um, if this is the first time that you're joining us at Edge Got In podcast, you can visit other Ed, Edge Got In podcasts at edgegotin.com. And truly, it's our mission to champion human potential in Christ, to champion your human potential in Christ using the victory that comes when we live, move, have our being in the space of emotional intelligence in, with, and through Christ. I know that's a lot to take in, Woo! but again, whatever God calls us to, he's faithful and he will also do it. So today's topic is entitled God's hand in the storm. I'm pulling from one of the stories and experiences that I had when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer back in 2006. I was diagnosed with advanced cancer one week prior to my final divorce court date. For those of you who aren't familiar with my story, I'll give kind of a, a brief overview of that. And um, the rest of the title is The Night I Met My Future Husband When I Was Bald and Breastless. And I am joined today with my husband. So he's he's right next to me here and he's I'm going to be pulling him in in a little while after I kind of set this up so that you can follow me and and come with me on my journey and God's faithfulness and scriptures that I used when I was going through the experience for 5 years of treatment. 
there were specific verses, I'm going to share those with you, that I had posted on my wall. And perhaps you're going through a challenge today. It might not be cancer, yet it might be something that you feel is bigger than you. If that is the case, my friends, this is an incredible opportunity to remember who's ultimately in charge here. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that I'm joined by my husband today and just for the love in his heart uh, that he showed me back then um, and the love in his, his heart that he shows me today. I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone on this call and help us to remember that you are ultimately in charge, that with every storm, every discomfort, every unmet expectation, or every challenge that is set before us, that you are faithful. If you call us, call us to it and in it and through it, you will give us the strength to be able to conquer in the midst of us and in the midst of whatever it is. And Lord, you have given us a cancer conquerors mindset Whatever that cancer is in our lives, it's something that does not belong, and you have victory over it. So give us the grace of faith over fear. Give us the grace of curiosity and trust over lack of trust, lack of faith, which comes in our question of, I need to know how this is going to turn out in order to know I'm okay. It's a lie, God. Help us to remember that you know how things are going to turn out, and that's enough for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before I bring my husband in on this, again, the topic today is entitled, God's Hand in the Storm, the Night I Met my future husband, when I was bald and breastless. So going back to 2006, um, that's when it all rolled out. It was the perfect storm, so to speak, going through two of life's top stressors at the same time. And I've shared stories here and there, yet I, I have, I, this is the first time, so for, first time for you guys bringing in my husband to tell his, his part of the story as well. Um the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword, my friends. And so whatever it is that is bumping you today, that is causing you to forget who's ultimately in charge and the conqueror's mindset that God has given you to be able to do all things through Christ who gives you strength, this is an opportunity today to remember what your soul always knows. So to give you the brief summary, in less than a five-year period after I was diagnosed with cancer, in uh, 2006, God carried me through, truly carried me through the divorce, a double mastectomy, 16 rounds of chemo, six weeks of daily radiation, a MRSA staph infection, 14 surgeries due to the experimental chemo, two years of chemo. There was um, some experimental chemo combo with the radiation. It, it created third degree burns on my chest. Um, from my clavicle down to my midriff, and they had to graft my back onto my front. So my big joke is I don't know if I'm coming or going most days, which is which is pretty fair to say. <laughs> my husband would probably agree with that one. And God is sovereign in the midst of all of this. And I, my children at the time, they were uh, very young in elementary school. And um, 
they were going through a lot as well. As I've mentioned before, I used to pray outside their room at night, Jesus, please carry them through this and carry me through this. So there was there was a lot of opportunity to trust or not trust. And the ramification of that uh, was profound. When I chose to trust God, peace led the way, as well as confidence. When I didn't choose to trust God, anxiety gripped me. Fear kept me up at night. So you have this choice today, whatever it is, that you feel is bigger than you. What is your cancer today that is um, causing you to forget that God has overcome all that you feel has overcome you? So during that time, it was about a year into the treatment. I think I'd had about nine surgeries. I had had uh, the red devil chemo and I'd lost all my hair, um, eyebrows, eyelashes, everything. And um, I was driving home from biblical school and that's when a good friend of mine gave me a phone call. And before I get into the details of what happened after that phone call, I just want to share with you some key scriptures that, like I mentioned, I had posted on my wall. So perhaps there's one here that today the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and wanting to remind you of something um, because you are you are in the cave. You're you're going through a difficult time and you and you keep bumping around in the shadows and and God is calling you to the mountaintop with his strength and victory that he provides us to be able to accomplish abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine as Ephesians 3:20 says first scripture that i had up was exodus exodus 14:14 14, 14. and i can just remember the big poster board i had of this on my wall i will fight for you you have only to be still I'd like to say that I've been thinking about this scripture quite a bit this week with everything that's going on globally, particularly with Israel. When there was a, an attack um, in Ezekiel, uh, there was the same invitation, be still and know that I am God. I will fight for you. You have only to be still. So that's Exodus 14, 14. The second one was Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So remember, whatever it is, that it's not your might, it's not your power that's going to get you through. It's the power of the Holy Spirit within you that is going to get you through. That's the whole foundation of emotional intelligence in Christ. It's the activation of the Holy Spirit within you to help you discern and manage your emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. It's the power of the Spirit within us that gives us victory. Remember that, not by might, not by your power, but by his Spirit, says the Lord. The next scripture is Philippians 4.13, and these will be listed, my friends, at edgegodin.com under the title of today's podcast, God's Hand in the Storm, The Night I Met My Future Husband When I Was Bald and Breastless. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then I'm going to uh, end the scriptures, main scriptures, with uh, an invitation to you. So I'm going to give you a little homework tonight after today's podcast. 
when you get the opportunity, if you're driving and listening in, so obviously not when you're driving, but when you get the opportunity, I'm going to invite you to prayerfully pray Psalm 91 and prayerfully pray Psalm 37. So that's your earth school homework out there. And think about whatever it is that's hijacking you today in relationship to the power of those two Psalms, Psalm 91 and Psalm 37. There's a theme in Psalm 37, and these are two Psalms that I read quite a bit when I was going through those five years of treatment. In fact, I had my Bible open to Psalm 91 for a couple of years and would declare it out loud and put my name in it. Um, it starts out with, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers. And I'm intentionally making it personal. And this is what I'm inviting you to do when you are reading through this psalm, make it personal. Rather than he will cover you with his feathers, reframe that. He will cover me with his feathers, and under his wings I will find refuge. His faithfulness will be my shield and rampart. So make it personal and do the same thing with Psalm 37. It starts out with, do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong, for they will, they will like the grass, they will soon wither. Like the green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. I choose to delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me the desires of my heart. So pray the Psalms. These two Psalms particularly had a lot of power in my spirit to give me the ability to stand against the darkness coming against me. Um, there was a couple setbacks as well in the midst of all the treatment, which involved uh, a, a, my soul popping out of my body. I've spoken about that before, near-death experience where my heart stopped. And these are the Psalms that the words just ring true down at the cellular level. So, that sets up the scriptures as a foundation for what sustained me during those five years. Now, as the title said, God's hand in the storm, right? You'll often hear me say from my first book, Hearing His Whisper, with every storm Jesus comes to. That's the subtitle of that book, intentionally. Hearing His Whisper, with every storm Jesus comes to. So today's title is God's Hand in the Storm. Now, we go through difficult times, and sometimes it gets very dark, and I've been there, my friends, for quite a long time. However, God knows what we can handle, and He will give us the strength to handle it successfully as we continue to lean on Him and trust in Him that he is our deliverer, and he is our deliverer. Get, getting back to the story, I was driving home from biblical school a year into the treatments, bald and breastless. I'd put a wig on, drew my eyebrows on my face, and I was driving home, and a very dear friend of mine invited me to stop by this one particular restaurant. She mentioned that there was someone there she wanted to introduce me to, to which I responded, less. Her name's Leslie, and I've known her since, literally since I was born. Um, I said, you know, this is not the time to start dating. I'm just trying to survive for the kids. And 
and just trusting God. I just don't have time for for anything else right now. I just need to focus and listen to what God wants me to do. And so she pushed back really hard. She just said, no, trust me. You've got, you've got to do this for me. And then she started to pull out, you know, you owe me. I, I did this for you. You've got to just trust me on this. I, and then she pulled out the Holy Spirit card, which perhaps you've done before. And she said, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit's moving me to have you come here. So so she was pulling all the guns and coming at me pretty hard, to which I, I did show up at the restaurant and came in and um, so I'm going to bring my husband in here because, because he was there, uh, at, at that moment in time. And, um, so my love, thank you for being here today. I love you so much. Just yeah. Thank you. Very grateful that you're here. So what happened that night? <laughs> well, uh, as, as Lauren has mentioned, we had a mutual friend, um, that I ran into at this restaurant. There was a bunch of people there and um, lo and behold, uh, Lauren walks in the door and um, I don't know if Lauren's mentioned this, but we, we actually knew each other from our past from college. We had actually met once before and danced together one time in college. And I had kind of, I had a huge crush on her back then and, thought she was beautiful and lost touch with her. And so uh, 15 years later, we're, I'm at a restaurant and this girl walks in. And again, I think she's extremely beautiful, but I didn't recognize her from the past. I saw her from a distance and was basically, um, you know, just very enamored by her and thought she was pretty. Well, the, <clears throat> the night goes on and tons of, uh, gentlemen are are you know uh, reaching out to lauren trying to talk to her it was kind of a crowded situation crowded restaurant and everybody's gathering around and i was just kind of laying back not really pushing myself on 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 lauren and so we uh evidently had the chance to sit down for a moment together and and we spoke i still had not recognized her she didn't recognize me and so the night was great. I had a great conversation with her. And and later that evening, Leslie came up to me and said, hey, give me your business card. And I was like, Leslie, you have all my information. She's like, no, just give me your card. I need your card. And she didn't tell me what she was doing. But I guess evidently she had taken my business card and put it in Lauren's pocket. So um Anyway, Lauren and I said goodbye and, and uh, you know, not still not knowing each other, recognizing each other from the past. And uh, so I'll kind of let Lauren take it from here. But um, I guess maybe a week later or something, I, I get an email. So. so so the thing that got me that night and, and God uses all available resources to get our attention. Right. So my undergrad is in psychology and I love people and God knows that. And I love human behavior. I love watching people. In fact, in my baby book, my mom said Lauren has just an insatiable curiosity about why people do what they do. And and I still have that. Um, so we were sitting there and everyone went to the restroom. And so we were sitting at this, this big table and Dean and I were sitting across from each other. And as soon as everyone left, he goes, hey, he goes, look at that couple over there. You can totally tell 
that this is their first date. And I was like, oh, how so? And so Dean just goes on to a dissertation of watch his body language. Look how he's looking around. You could totally tell he's he's fumbling with the with the with the silverware. He's just trying to figure out what to say and how to say it. And so the fact that Dean was even aware of that caught my attention. So God is good at planting seeds when he wants us to go in a certain direction. He'll plant these little seeds. And that was definitely a seed for me. And um, so when I got home clearing out my my pockets, I found his card. And so I called Leslie. I said, how did his card get in my pocket? She goes, I put it there. She goes, I feel like the Holy Spirit's moving me to connect you guys. And Dean at the time, he'd never been married. He was the one in college that everyone said, you'll be the first to be married. And he had never, he had never married, right? That's correct. <laughs> you were the, for, for whatever the, reason, not sure. <laughs> yeah, all of, you, all of your friends. There's oh, a lot I don't of know. stories that could uh, yeah pertain to that. Yep. Knows, but. yep, exactly. So I got home and I put his card by my computer. And at the time, I was writing the first book, God moved me to write, hearing His whisper with every storm Jesus comes to. So I was spending a lot of time on the computer. I just put the card next to the computer, and I would glance at it occasionally, and I I I, I felt a nudge. Um, of the of the Holy Spirit, like the third day, um, again, Leslie was like, I feel like you should reach out to him. I think this is a God thing. She's pulling the Holy Spirit card. And I'm sure you've done that too, to, to kind of influence the behavior of other people. God has told me this. So she was definitely pulling that card. And finally, um, I did reach out to him and I sent him a very, very brief email that said, hey, um, I'm grateful our paths have crossed. It was really nice to meet you. Um, perhaps we'll we'll meet each other again in the future. And I sent it. And then I literally stopped and I said, okay, Lord, you just take over from here. And I, I felt a sense of peace because I responded to the Holy Spirit's movement within my soul. Anytime we take action on something God places on our heart, we get that sense of relief if God is calling us to something. And I did. And then within two minutes, I get an email back that says, how about dinner Thursday night? And it was like Monday. So <laughs> I, my mom and dad were coming back and forth from New York city to help me. And, um, so I mentioned it to my mom and she goes, you should go. I think you should go. And so, so that Thursday night came and I, you know, picked out an outfit and put my wig on and, you know, did my eyebrows up and my fake breasts in, my pads in. And, um, I was like, all right, God, here we go. Um, and I commit it to you and, and whatever you want. And so we we went to a sushi bar, and I remember specifically we were sitting there, and that's kind of psychological safety, and we were talking um, back and forth for like an hour and a half about everything. And then I kept looking at him, and I kept thinking in my my mind, I was like, gosh, he looks so familiar. He looks so familiar. Where do I know him from? Where 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 have I seen him before? And, um, and, and finally our, our conversation led us to, Hey, where'd you go to college? What fraternity and sorority were you in? And I said, well, we did, I said, we were in college at the same time and we did song fest together. So do you want to jump in on that? When I, when I mentioned that, that we had done song fest together. Yeah. So we, uh, were, um, uh, when we were in college, we did, uh, what's called song fest it's where the fraternity and sorority get together and perform and compete against other other uh houses and that kind of thing and so uh 
I had a crush on her during that time. And after Songfest, there was a big party. And that's when I had danced with her, as I have mentioned. And uh, I didn't think she liked me. And I was kind of, you know, young and stupid at the time. And I didn't pursue her. And uh, that's kind of where we lost touch. But she had mentioned that when we were at the restaurant and it kind of dawned on me, all of a sudden it was like a light bulb went off in my head of like, oh my gosh, I know who this is. This is that Lauren Miller. I had a huge crush on her in college. And as I looked at her, I'm like, oh my God, that's her. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, after all these years, we our paths had crossed again. And, um, and lo and behold, as we have talked over the years, our paths have crossed numerous times in different situations as we um, have talked about you know uh since college um and different things we've talked about we've realized our paths have crossed again but uh this one time we were actually at a restaurant eating together and so then i was even more interested in her because we had a past and we i knew her and uh uh knew about her and recognized her and everything and so um yeah i'll let you kind of take it from there thanks sweetie um, so, so at that time when we were talking, um, the light bulb went on for me as well. And, and I, I recognized his face. I'm like, that's where I know you from. You were the heat miser dancing up there with your little white shorts and, and, and your top hat and your cane. <laughs> and I was like, then I started to get nervous. Cause I had a huge crush on him. I was a freshman and he was a senior. And I remember calling my mom that night in college, um, this, this guy taught me how to swing dance and how to do the pretzel. My mom was like, Oh, he used to do that in the fifties. And so I was, I was enamored by him and had a huge crush on him. And then our paths went a different way. Um, we always joke around. I'm like, you should have asked me to dance again, but God is good. He, he, he guides us and blesses us, um, right where we're at as we continue to seek him. So, after I had realized that it was him and then I had a crush on him in college, then I, like I said, I started to get a little bit nervous. And so like I pulled up the drawbridge, went inside the castle and just said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I'm sitting here with three children. I don't even know if I'm going to make it five years and I'm going through advanced cancer. I'm wearing a wig. These are fake breasts. What do I do? Cause I didn't tell him he, I didn't tell him anything at this point about that. And I literally heard, be transparent, don't fear. Be transparent, don't fear. And I pushed it back up and I was like, there is no way that I'm going to mention this right now. This night is going way too well. And it just got louder. Be transparent, don't fear. So finally, after the third time, I literally took a deep breath and I was like, all right, Lord, I just pray that you, you, you bless this. This is the earth school class 101 in vulnerability and trust. There's no doubt about that. So I just looked at him and I remember just looking at his face and being like, oh my gosh, this has been great. It's been nice knowing you like in my mind. And I just said, listen, this might sound a little weird, but God is moving me to share something with you. And then I just said out loud, Hey, I'm going through advanced cancer. The doctors are trying to get me five years. I've got three children. They were, um, you know, six, eight, and 10 at the time. And I was divorced a year ago. And I'm bald and breastless. And this is a wig. And these are fake. 
these these are fake. Uh, you know, I've just had pads in. So, um, <laughs> did you want to say? Well, you had three kids too. Yeah, yeah, I had three three kids, eight, ten, and eight. Yeah. yeah, six, six, eight, and ten at the time, and um, and so <laughs> after I just laid that all out in in one breath, pretty much there was, I just went back in the castle and I just took a deep breath and I was like, okay, I was like sweating. I was so nervous. I was like, okay, God, I did it. I was just faithful. This has been a great night. If I never see him again, thank you for this moment to, to be with someone from my past. And then I remember looking at Dean and he was, he took his napkin and he kind of put over his mouth, like he was wiping his mouth and he just kept shaking his head and he was looking up at my wig and he just, he just looked up at my wig and was like, wow, that is an amazing wig. You didn't even know it was a wig. Uh, no, I had no idea it was a wig. It was, it was, uh, I said it was a beautiful wig and um, just had no idea that you were wearing a wig. And so, um, yeah, uh, at the time, Lauren keeps asking me what my thoughts were at that time. And I actually was very calm and okay with everything. You know, she I think she expected me to you kind of think of the um, the cartoon where the guy says <laughs> exit stage left and disappears. But no, I didn't feel um, I didn't feel like that at all for um, for whatever reason. Uh, there was a calm and I felt very comfortable and secure and, and OK with the situation. And and I was fine with everything. But, yeah, as I looked at Lauren, I was um shocked that she was wearing a wig one and that uh, she was even going through such a traumatic experience because she looks so pretty and so beautiful mm, thanks babe well through the eyes of god right so i um i was watching him and he just said some really nice things about the wig and uh i was like i can't even tell that that's a wig and then i he just kind of glanced down at my chest and was like ah don't worry about it i'm a leg and butt man and do you remember saying that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, all right, this is a crazy night. So um, so we um we were leaving, and I remember thinking this will probably be the last time that I see him. And I just gave him a big hug and I he walked me to my car, and then I was sitting in my car, and and then I remember he leaned in and he said, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? And literally, I just was so incredibly moved by God's hand in the midst of the storm. And we we dated two and a half years and just celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. Uh, the wedding uh, was was held, and it was uh, included a lot of my nurses and doctors that helped me survive. Uh, the the advanced cancer and so it was truly a and and it was in October, October third. <laughs> we just we just celebrated it. We're actually officially celebrating this weekend because we both had COVID, um, and it was one of those moments in time where where time seemed to stop, just to see the fact that God had these two young kids that were drawn to each other in college, and now I was thirty eight. And he had crossed our paths right in the eye of the storm. So our second date actually ended up being my ninth surgery, ninth or 10th surgery. Um, and I, 
I have a very difficult time coming out of anesthesia. And so I, I can hear everyone in the room. I, I just can't respond at all until like two hours sometimes. And so here I was, I started to hear what was going on in the room, but couldn't respond. And Dean was talking to the nurse and he had, she, he was telling the nurse our, our story, which we already had an instant story, you know, um, cause she was curious. And I, I'll never forget the nurse saying to him that, um, you're an angel. And his response was, no, she's the angel. And she, and the nurse said, no, you saved her. And she goes, no, she saved me. Do you remember saying that? Yeah. And I still believe it. Um, as a, as you all know, Lauren, she's, uh, incredible and very intelligent and very spiritual, but is just very enlightened with the world and what goes on with human behavior mm. and with people. And I still feel like, um, she saved me, um, and, and was the angel in my life and the rainbow in my life. She's mm. taught me so much and is still teaching me so much over the years, just about myself and relationships and, um, just growing and, and being, uh, being the person that, uh, I want to be, um, I've learned so much, uh, being with you. Thanks, babe. That moves me to tears. <laughs> and and the love continues. And so I, I really wanted to share this story today and include my husband on this um, because it is a very profound story. And we've shared it before with many different people. And it's it seems to to stop people in their tracks. Um, one other thought, when Dean picked me up for our second date, I remember I couldn't wear my wig, right, to surgeries. And so I remember pausing at the top of the stairs and he was waiting for me down there. And I was going to walk down the stairs just totally, you know, I can't have my little pads in or I couldn't wear a wig um, to surgery. And so I just said, okay, Lord, um, here I am. And as God reminded me, you are not the image in the mirror. And so as I walked down the stairs, I remember Dean looking up at me just like it was yesterday, and he just simply said, wow, you look powerful. And I remember thinking, powerful? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll take <laughs> Do you remember saying that? Yeah, I and guess the, the, the best part about dating you during that time was um, you had short hair. I think it was at that moment, it was about two inches long, and so you had this short little cut, and uh, you had two other wigs which were beautiful wigs. And so I felt like I was dating like three girls at once. Um, <laughs> whenever I, you know, whenever we went out, I, I didn't know what wig you were going to be wearing or if you were going to be wearing a wig. So I felt like I was dating three different girls and I tell people each, each one had their own personality, depending on which wig you were wearing. <laughs> what, what girl are we getting tonight? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, I still have those wigs. Yeah. <laughs> that is just so moving. Um, so today, I, I it was my prayer of, of sharing this story with my husband, that whatever you're going through, no matter how dark the night seems, God is the masterful, masterful landscaper, and he always brings the rose in the midst of the thorns. He always provides the rainbow in the eye of the storm. 
And he will do that for you, my friends. What God has done for others, he now does for us and more easily and naturally as we trust in him. Let go of our need to know how things will turn out. And as we let go of our need to be in control in order to know that God has plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope in a future. And I truly believe he's entrusted us, sweetie, with this story to be able to share, to give people hope. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, you say that and I, 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 I hope it passes on to people in, in some way. I don't feel like I've done anything special. As I've said, um, you're, you've helped me more than I think I've ever helped you. So, um, but I, I, I pray and hope that, uh, you know, the story enlightens people and, and gives them hope in their journey. Thanks, sweetie. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today, my friends. And remember your homework to read Psalm 91 and Psalm 37 and to make it personal for you and understand that you are not alone on this journey. I didn't, I didn't at many, many times, I didn't even think I'd make the five years and didn't even entertain the thought of, of loving and falling in love again. And God had a plan and he has a plan for you. And it may not manifest that way, but he'll have another plan for you because he's constantly wanting to draw us closer to him and, and that our stories in life give glory to him. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to come before you today. I just, again, thank you for my husband. Thank you for, for just helping him to have the eyes to see as you see, for giving him the eyes to see the beauty you've created within me and you moved him to remain. And as he shared with me before, when I've asked him, didn't you want to run? Did you ever want to run? And he's mentioned many times, Lord, that it was the Holy Spirit that constantly moved him to remain, 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 remain. And I just praise you for that. You are a sovereign God. And I thank you that you send the rainbow in the midst of the storm and the rose in the midst of the thorns. Have your way with us, Lord, and help us to not lose hope, even though things are getting really dark out there, because you are the God of restoration. You are the God of renewal, the God of resurrection, and the God of revival. So we pray that that would happen for us. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel and everybody that's impacted by the affairs of what's going on right now. We thank you that you are ultimately in charge. We love you, Lord. Have your way with us in spite of ourselves. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Give him heaven out there, my friends. There's enough of the dark side, and God is with you. You are not alone on your journey today. God bless you, and I look forward to our next podcast together at Edge God In. Not out, but in. <laughs>